Welcome to Data Leadership for Everyone. I'm your host, Anthony Algman. Everyone needs to harness the power of data. There's a lot involved in making that happen, and this show is here to make it all a little bit easier. Think of this as an audio advice column for all your data and leadership questions. And we need more, so if you have questions or topics you'd like us to cover, send an email to podcast at dl4e1.com or use our text and voicemail line at 773-888-2077. All right, so today we have a question that came from some conversations I was having on the on LinkedIn and the forums. And so um, the question is, Will AI solve our data problems? Now, ChatGPT and GPT-4 and all these AI tools are all over the place right now. Everybody's super excited about AI. Everybody wants to do AI. Everybody wants to be AI. I'm not sure. Uh, but everybody's talking about AI right now. And so I wanted to get ahead of this and say, okay, let, let, let's pump the brakes a little bit, folks. The fact is, AI is not, at least in the foreseeable future, it is not going to solve our data problems for us. It's going to help us solve our data problems in many ways, but we'll get to that part in a, in a moment. Now, I want you to think about what chat GPT and, and AI tools and, and all that really do right now. What they do behind the scenes is they take massive, truly massive amounts of data and analyze it using a variety of uh, machine learning tools, uh, analysis methods, all of these data science concepts that are, are much too technical for this show, and I won't pretend I'm an expert in. But what they do then is they synthesize all this information and, and provide a mechanism by which you can use real language to address whatever it is that you want to have as an output. So GPT, uh, chat GPT is especially uh, creating stories with it. They're, you're creating art with a, a variation of uh, the GPT process. They're, they're doing things that are pretty amazing by, by any stretch. I mean, you got to admit, this is pretty exciting uh, in terms of the developments that have taken place in the AI space just very recently. Okay. Agreed. Things are pretty amazing that the ability for even just the chat client, which has now uh, been brought into Microsoft and Bing, even that chat GPT uh, origin is pretty amazing because I think in many cases it can pass the Turing test, which is when if you are talking to a computer, you can easily be fooled into thinking you're talking to a person. So that's great. However, there are some real challenges and some real risks that to a point terrify me about what's going on with these tools because we're hearing all of these reports about people using it as uh, a way to write papers and to cheat on tests and and I just read something that the it can pass the bar exam in many states and and that's amazing uh, but it's also kind of concerning because there's not really a clear calibration point and what I'm getting at is that these tools, these kinds of AI uh, uh, algorithms, machine um, learning algorithms and, and, and outputs and, and clients, they're only going to be as good as the data that they're fed to, to run with. And that will continue to evolve and will continue to, to promote it. But when people are starting to do real work with them or to create real um, science, what, what ends up that could happen is that if they misattribute what the truth is, so, and, and one example is is where ChatGPT had uh, done a, a biography of a of a person I know, and he had he just put in the the prompt, okay, give me the the biography of myself, and it came out looking really good, like it was a better biography than I probably would have written, and and it read very well, 
you know, it, it, all the words worked and all the sentences made sense. The problem was, is that half of it was wrong and it wasn't clear which pieces of it were right or wrong. And he had actually gone through and, and highlighted everything in red. And he's like, this is pretty hilarious. And I'm like, yeah, it is hilarious. It's also terrifying because the problem with these tools today is that all they know of the world is that data that they've consumed and, and analyzed, right? Well, and if they've used kind of these fuzzy logic mechanisms, machine learning and AI to do that analysis, it's going to think that it has the right answer. And so what we've seen is in the, in ChatGPT especially, it asserts truth that is just 100% wrong. But if you say, hey, well, ChatGPT said this was true, so isn't this true? Now, all of a sudden, we're starting to propagate these inaccuracies, believing they are more accurate than they actually are because they came from a source that acted authoritative. This is not a new problem. This has been happening. You, all the fake news debate and all of the misinformation that, that's been out in previous election cycles and all that. I'm not going to get into any of the details, but it is something that when we perpetuate misinformation, the recipients are don't have anything to work with other than this one point of view. So in absence of any other context, you're likely going to assume that this information is accurate and you don't know. And this is where we're going to get into problems because we're seeing this all over the place with data and organizations. And this is one of the things that I've been talking about for years, and that is data quality is absolutely essential to using data in an organization. Now, that sounds basic and simple, but the thing is, is that data quality itself is often misunderstood or under, under understood. We'll call it under understood. And that on the surface, the words are familiar. Data is familiar. Quality is familiar. Data quality should be, is the data good, right? That's how people would normally think about this. But the fact is, is that data quality actually means can I use this data for what I'm intending to use this data for? It's about suitability of use of data, fit, fitness of use for the data. And that is a much more complicated scenario because, and this is going to all circle back to the AI question. We're going to have other conversations about this data quality thing down the road because this one's a heavy topic that we will have multiple conversations about. But high level, really, if you're going to ever provide data you need to provide some sort of guidance to the data recipient of what can you use this data for? Because if you don't do that, then the recipient of that data, the, the consumer of that data, the user of that data will have no earthly idea of what the data can or can't be used for. They're going to guess and they're probably going to assume that I can use it for whatever I want. That's rational. That, that is exactly what most people would do when given data. They're like, oh, this is right. So when chat GPT actively lies to you, you're going to assume it's true in absence of any other context. And so this is why it's so dangerous the way it is right now, because there is no context. There's nothing that says, oh, that that school that we said you went to in this bio that we wrote for you, uh, we're only 30% confident that it is, but that's more confident than we are in anything else. So we're just going with it. If you had that context, wouldn't you be like, oh, well, maybe that's not right. Maybe I should go research that further if I really want to know if this person's an alumni of my university that I want to reach out to this person about it, right? So that's where I think we are in a really dangerous spot with this, uh, uh, with the AI tools because they are asserting the truth recklessly. 
They've basically taken this whole notion of data quality, of, of providing guidance on what you can use this data for to anyone. Anyway. They've just stripped it all away. They've made it worse. They're now like they're telling you, oh, this is factual. I am the AI bot and this is factual and you should do this because I said, but you have no idea that it's completely wrong. So now you're going to perpetuate that. Others are going to perpetuate. And all of a sudden, the perception of truth that's inaccurate is actually going to be more prevalent than the truth, which is less commonly known because the, the AI tool didn't propagate it. And so now to try to unwind that, it's going to be really, really difficult. Like you think it's tough now if somebody steals your credit card or, or somebody steals your identity through a, a data breach or something like that. And, and if you've ever had to deal with trying to restore your credit after it's been stolen. Now, I fortunately personally have not had that problem, but I have plenty of friends who have. This is something that is very quantifiable. Imagine some of the more nuanced details and how twisted they can become in a state where all of that AI is being trained on the, the underlying data that is incorrect, or it has made wrong assertions and then propagated a bunch of incorrect assertions. This is really, really dangerous. And it comes back to say, well, it's overly confident, which is something that can be corrected, right? In these tools, they can become better. They can understand what they, what they aren't sure about, and they can do a better job of communicating that. That would be great, but people don't handle some of that nuance well. They're not accustomed to that, and all, all it would do is is make it harder for people to use. So they're gonna they're they're gonna steer towards making it easier for people to use and, and oversimplify it and causing more damage in the end, probably. So the thing is, with these tools, you know, how would it not know? So what what I think makes experienced people very useful in whatever context it is, is that. Experience helps you get a perspective on what you know you don't know. That is a question that I think AI is going to really struggle with because AI is 100% book smarts. You know, you think about book smarts versus street smarts. AI is 100% book smarts. It has no actual experience. It has no feeling of whether or not something is likely to be accurate or not. Now, it can, it can literally assess based on other data that it's had exposure to, whether or not something is likely to be correct or not. And it can it can do statistics much better than a human can do from a actual mathematical perspective. However, people and the AI are fundamentally different in the way they're constructed. AI is, is as literal as you can get. It's, it's ones and zeros underneath. We have injected this um, machine learning. What makes machine learning and AI so interesting is that we've gone beyond humans writing the code to power these things. And we're actually now having the machines themselves write the code. So you get these layers of abstraction. So a person couldn't even go into an AI system, read the code and understand it. So we're taking these leaps of faith by the machine making these inferences and creating its own code to then create additional things beyond it. This is what makes it AI, right? So it's a really fascinating place because when you think about how humans are wired, what's going on up here in our brains isn't ones and zeros. 
it's little synapses and you know, electrons and things are firing and we, we barely understand it. We still talk about regions of the brain, you know, that it, to me, it's like, okay, when you compare that to learning math, like if I were talking about math and had a math test and I'm like the regions of the math and said, my, my conclusion is that the answer is for based on the region of the math that I have identified as being more likely to make it a four than a 72. <laughs> it, 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 we're just we're kind of making stuff up and our calibration of what we're making up versus what is actually true is just off. And so when, when AI comes in, it's a hundred percent book smarts. It has no idea that that picture it drew with the person with six fingers is probably not a very accurate representation of the prompt of give me a person who is holding a, a the handle of a, of a door, uh, because they've they've tried to infer it without true understanding. And so what, what people are capable of is true understanding. Now, can we approximate that through AI? We're getting better and better at it, right? So is there a potential for doing that? Yes. Are we there? No. The point of all of this kind of meandering uh, train of thought is be careful. Be careful in what you're relying on it for. Could it help create a draft quickly on something that you want to write? Sure. Do you want to provide the the proper attributions and all of that stuff? Yes, absolutely. But can it help facilitate things that you know well? Yes. Will it replace knowledge by itself? Probably not for a while, right? And what what we're seeing in the in the data management space, data in our organizations, is it's hard. It's hard to get people to make decisions about data. It's hard to get data uh, documented appropriately. It's hard to get data. All the stuff that I was just talking about with data quality, it's extremely difficult to get people to even understand what I'm talking about with data quality, let alone how do you assess all this stuff? Like, how do you actually do this and give people the kinds of context around the data that they're trying to work with so that they can work with it effectively. Now, if we can do that for the people, we can do that for the AI. And now we can start to make the AI better. That's a very worthwhile pursuit. AI might also be able to help us make some inferences that can then support making the data better. And that's something that I'm really interested in as well, because I think that it's an impossible dream in the way most organizations are structured right now to ask a bunch of people to handle things at a data level to say, hey, I need y'all to to go in and, and create all these definitions and populate them all and share them with everybody. And then things are going to work better with data. And it's going to be great. I don't see that working very well in a lot of places. You, you can do some data governance. You can do some big picture stuff. You can create some policies. All that stuff's good uh, because they have uh, leverage. They, 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 you create one policy and it guides a bunch of stuff, bunch of actions. Good. But if you're trying to get down to it like a data element level, even critical data elements, it can be very unwieldy to make all of these decisions around those critical data elements. So what we need to do is say, okay, well, can we use AI tools to determine how data is being used or where data flows or where data came from or what project made this data do this thing? All of those you can say yes to. All of those things are good things that you could use more powerful technology to amplify. And this is really the takeaway. AI is just an extreme amplifier of underlying truths. And if your data is reflecting a close degree of actual truth, then you're in pretty good shape by amplifying with AI. But if your data is broken, if your data is untrustworthy, if you don't know if your data is trustworthy, then 
amplifying through AI, training your AI systems in an organization with all of the data that you know you couldn't trust if it were in a spreadsheet, probably not going to figure out these massive problems for you. I mean, that's that's where we want to be extremely careful is that if we trust technology to solve the problems that we as people cannot solve, we're going to find ourselves disappointed, if not in much worse shape than that. So that's where I would say make sure you try to couple your street smarts, the, the the experiences of you as a professional, the experiences of your organization as a go ongoing concern. Focus on the things that help you understand how data can be used and, and that data quality equation, and then have the technology amplifiers from something as simple as a database or a spreadsheet which can amplify what you're getting out of that data all the way to AI and chatbots and all of that stuff. Be cognizant of what you are actually doing with those tools and what you are amplifying versus what you are cleaning, what you are making better at its core. And so I think that the future is really exciting when it comes to AI because it is such a powerful amplifier. But if we think that's going to solve for us the need to get the basics right around data and how we manage it and how we govern it and how we work with it and how we capitalize on it in our organizations, AI is not going to solve that problem for us. And at least for a very long time, because the level of sophistication that that AI would need will require so much more because it will never be able to get that street smarts. It will never be able to infer what it doesn't know as well as people. Now, I will at some point eat these words. There's no doubt I will eat these words at some point. I think it's many years away. I think it's definitely something that we will be struggling with for a while. I think we've seen the icing on the cake right now, only to realize the cake is actually cardboard at the moment. We're going to get to a point where the cake is real. We're going to get to a point where AI and and people's ability to understand some of these data components will be indecipherable. So don't get me wrong. I think AI can get to that point. But right now we are at a super dangerous time because people would love to have the easy answer. They love that easy button. AI is not that yet. So be very, very careful. And when you hear... You know, working with executives, working with your teams, working with your boards. Hey, we want to do more AI because AI can be such a great amplifier. I'm inferring, like I'm, I'm paraphrasing, because that's what really what what they're asking for. Can we amplify our data capabilities to such an extent? Yes, but make sure that the underlying data capabilities that you're trying to amplify are good enough to handle that amplification and cause good from that ampli amplification. So when you do that, you'll be in, in, in much better shape to use AI effectively versus just creating a monster that will perpetuate falsehoods or act more confident than it should be in its assertions because it's made these connections, but it's made these connections on a false premise because the data underneath wasn't reliable for what it tried to use it for. So with that, some things to think about. I don't know that I had a lot of answers today other than the fact that AI as it currently stands scares me a lot because of its misuse or potential for misuse. But I am excited to see where it goes and I am excited to see how we can start to bring some of these amplifiers into more tactical 
areas within our organizations and how we're working with data in our particular companies, I think that'll be really interesting. So definitely, this will be the first of many conversations we're going to have around AI, around data management, around data quality, for sure. But hopefully it gives you a couple things to think about if you have things that you disagree with. Note them in the notes. I might listen back to this and find things I disagree with. So, hey, that's uh, that's how it goes. But I think it's uh, definitely a topic worth continuing to have that debate on and have that conversation. So I appreciate you listening to me uh, talk about this. I'm going to be getting some more episodes uh, going soon with more guests and stuff. So it won't just be a one directional conversation on some of these topics. But hopefully this gives you a sense of where we're heading with the show. Definitely uh, want to create episodes and create and and cover topics that are useful for you. Uh, So uh, again, this podcast is data leadership for everyone. But if you need some data leadership for you, send an email or give me a call. The email address is podcast at dl4e1.com or use our text and voicemail line at 773-888-2077. If you're interested in being a guest on the podcast, either to share your wisdom or to discuss a particular challenge you're facing, reach out and we'll make it happen. And I'm always looking for content for the show, but I'm also more than happy to meet with anybody to talk directly about your data leadership challenges. I love this stuff and I want to help you however I can. You can find all the episodes and other resources to help you in your data leadership journey at dataleadershipforeveryone.com. Until next time, be good to your data, be better to your business, and be best to your people. Now go make an impact.